Welcome to the Wellbred Rapids message of the week. We hope you are encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by our senior leadership. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. This is so much fun. We've done one of these already this year. Everybody loves them. And so we're doing another one. We have been talking about honor. Our first uh, panel sofa session was with myself, Matt, and Matthew. The bromance does continue. Um, And we were talking about spiritual gifts and what that looks like and how do we um, nurture those. Today, we're talking about honor and relationships. And as a team, we travel very closely together. Um, And so this is very near and dear to our hearts. It's something we live and walk out every day. And so I'm actually pretty excited for the conversation we're about to have and some of the answers. So we do have um, questions already written up. It doesn't mean that I won't throw in my own that they're not prepared for. I know. It doesn't mean I will either, but I just want to keep you on the edge of your seats right now. Everybody should be in full suspense mode. Right? Are you? Oh, are we doing questions? Go ahead, Matthew. What are you doing? Help us. There's supposed to be a number that's going to pop up so that you can text uh, questions that you may have for us. And then we can choose whether we answer. <laughs> Go ahead, sis. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yes, one of our first questions is: How do you grow deeper without? And in, in, in the way it's stated is without getting familiar. And I think the heart of that is without getting so familiar that it's like, eh, I know you. And, and you don't continue to work on the relationship. So what does that look like, and who feels most compelled to answer first? And then I will call on others that feel less compelled. <laughs> Testing. Good morning. How do you grow more? How do you grow deeper without? Yeah, how do you grow deeper without getting familiar? familiar. Hmm. I think for me, the core of that question is embracing that the, the person that I'm growing deeper with in this context, it's the people that my family and I are running with is kind of keeping it at the forefront that they are a gift from God to my life. Um, they're, not, they're not just whoever they are. They're actually someone that has been handpicked by God that he put in my life like a puzzle piece um, because he knew that I would have you know, a need for what they're carrying or how they see life or um, really just who they are. And so my value for God and what God does in my life and the gifts that he gives and, um, you know, that kind of theme that it's everything is coming from him is what helps me not grow kind of cold or common because it's always something fresh. It's always something that's eternal. It's weighty. It's, it's a gift from God that I really value. So I think about um, Ruth and Naomi uh, that... So Ruth was married to Naomi's son, and when he died, technically she was released to then go back to her hometown at that point, but she made a conscious decision to stay with Naomi no matter what. And because of that, she just, it, it was a renewal of that decision that even after, even after her son's death, or uh, Naomi's son's death and Ruth's husband's death, she made a commitment, and she reminded Naomi of that commitment. She said, where you go, I will go. And I will follow you wherever you go. And I think that uh, for me, keeping honor turned on is constantly renewing that commitment. That when there are 
difficulties that are taking place or I see something that probably other people don't see in the negative sense because of my close proximity to those people that are in my life that I grow closest with, I'll, I'll use all these as a reference. You know, I've, I think we've probably seen each other's lowest lows and highest highs, uh, sometimes like one minute after another. Uh, and so when I see those low lows, I remember the commitment that I made and uh, decide that I'm going to neglect any thought that this person is just uh, the sum of their weakness. And I remember the whole purpose of why Jesus came is that he is their strength. And so constantly reminding myself that, um, yeah, I think that uh, where you go, I go. And just uh, it's, a, it's a daily choice that we have to make. It's not something that you feel. The same way with marriage. Uh, I think we could all relate that with marriage. You fall in love, but then you have to stay in love on purpose. And I think it's the same with, with honor. And also, if we can get this out of the mic, that'd be awesome. So I think one thing that's really important, too, um, when you look at um, uh, David with Saul, um, we see the fact that David had an opportunity that he could um, take Saul out, right? He had, he had a perfect timing, perfect opportunity, but he chose to honor instead because he said he would not touch God's anointed. And I think the one thing about honor, whether it's with this team or if it's with each other or it's with your family, is that we don't choose to honor and respect when we agree. We don't choose to honor and respect when we agree. I'm going to tell a story. Um, I was on the phone with um, my spiritual mom and the apostle that's over this church outside our outside apostle, which is Barbara Yoder. And we were having a conversation, and um, she was saying something to me um, that I didn't want to hear. And it was very difficult. And so I let her continue to speak. And I, I definitely told her how I was feeling with respect. I watched my tone because I'm not going to, you know, have a bad attitude or a tone towards someone whom God has placed in my life as an authority figure. It's not who I choose. It's who God chooses. And so I, I heard her all out. I still did not agree, but I submitted to her, and I honored her. Why? Because I think it's important that we honor the people that God has put over us. And I believe as a result of honoring her, that I will be blessed beyond measure from our Father in heaven. Because I've chosen to do something that's not easy, but I've decided to take the hard way. And honor does look like that. Honor's not easy. It's not something that we do when we feel like it. It's something that we do because God has called us to do that. And when we honor others, we're actually honoring him. That's the most important thing. I'm not honoring you because I want to flatter you. I'm not honoring you so I can get something from you. I'm honoring you because I'm actually showing how I honor God. And I put him first and foremost in my life. Does that make sense? Oh, good. Yes, I was going to say, while they're passing the mic to Rachel, I'm excited that you were excited for it. Yes, I'm um, very excited. I do want to pipe in on this. I, I get to, as the moderator of this um, event, right? Um, I have a lot of friends in my life that I hold near and dear to my heart. And when I look at a lot of my friends, including these four here, I think I am so fortunate that I get to call you friend, and I get to call you friend, and I get to call Max friend, and I get to call Rachel friend. Like, we're family because every one of us in here by Christ and by his blood has made us family. So I didn't get to choose most of you, but I do get to choose you as friend, and I love each and every one of you, and if I don't see the gold in you and who God has made you to be, that's something I need to work on. But when I do, I feel so honored to have you in my life. Um, and that's one of the ways I guard against getting familiar, that 
oh, I, oh I, yeah, I know that person. It's like, yeah, I do know them. And that's why I honor them. Um, I just also feel like it's a heart posture. And I was thinking recently, I felt like there's a difference between loyalty and honor. And I, there was one day it was like the Lord was speaking to me and I kind of looked back and I was like, okay, yeah, I've always been a loyal person. Like I've always been a loyal friend or a loyal daughter, loyal wife, but not always honoring. And I think to recognize the difference that honor carries, um, something more that it like, it sees the person in a higher place. Um, and so I think that's huge. And, um, there's something else I was going to say with that, but I don't remember, so I'll think about it and come back to it. I needed that. Um, so our next question, I am going to go kind of in the order unless, you know, God tells me something else. Um, how do you expose your weaknesses to people and still remain confident in who God says you are? <laughs> I could... I was thinking about this question when I saw it, and I, I actually feel like it makes you more confident because then you're not have, you don't have to hide anything. Like, you already know this is an area. And then if you have trusted people in your life, then you can share that with them and actually grow and, and become a better person in that sense. Um, but I feel like people, when they know your weaknesses, then you can work and walk together. And, like, Matthew and I often, um, I would say probably in the past couple of years, We'll actually just say that, like, sometimes we used to have a hard time communicating, like, what we were feeling, or it's like, sometimes you feel anxious and you don't know why, but then we just started saying that, like, hey, I'm feeling anxious right now, or I'm really crabby right now, I don't know why, and then once you just say it, sometimes it just goes away, and it helps so much, but I think just being able to communicate freely actually gives you more confidence. Test, 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 test. There it is. That was the one that worked. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I was laughing because I most of my life feels like I don't get to decide when I will expose my weakness. It just okay. happens. <laughs> it's like a regular old Tuesday morning or Thursday, and I do something stupid or. You know, I, I feel like the Lord, I was saying this to somebody, it feels like God, he builds you, he lets you get really good at what you're carrying in life, and then you stay there for like two or three days, and then suddenly you realize how terrible you are at everything else. <laughs> but you've been terrible at all that other stuff for a really long time, but, but you didn't know it, you know what I mean? And uh, so... I don't know, just realizing that you're walking with God. He's your father. He's going to expose you in safe places. And the freedom to be broken or, you know, mess up or whatever in front of people, it it does exactly that. It's I get to be who the real me is and accepted and celebrated and uh, trusted. And uh, so it breaks performance. It actually does make you more confidence, more confident, um, because I got nothing to hide. I, I'm very aware of how broken I am. So are a lot of people that really love me. And then you get to watch God do through your life things that everybody's looking at you and they go, we know that's not you. Like, you're, um, you know, you can't do that. And, uh, and so it, it breeds this, like, hope of, oh, it's not built on me. This gospel's not built on my performance. Um, so there's something the Lord spoke to me the other day, and I thought it was really good because I was feeling just very weak in a certain area. And I thought, oh, God, I don't know how in the world I'm going to do this. And he said, perfect. And I was like, why? And he said, because that's where my strength is made perfect. Weakness is not a failure. Weakness is not a bad thing. Weakness gives God the ability for his grace to make you strong. So if you are facing something that you're like, there's no way I can do this, he says, perfect, because he can. So that causes me to be able to lean back and rest on him, because he's about to do something that there's no way I could do it on my own. And so when we're walking in vulnerability with one another... When I see somebody that's weak and they're willing to admit 
that weakness, I am about to watch a major breakthrough. Because when you can admit that you're weak, just wait. Because that's when God's grace comes in and shows up. And then I'm going to watch a miracle happen in that person's life. You're going to see an increase of anointing. You're going to see an increase of his glory. You're going to see an increase of his favor. You're going to see things that you could not have ever imagined had you tried to do it in your own ability and tried to act like you had it all together. And this team, we far have it all together. But one thing we all have is a hunger for Jesus. All right, so we do have some questions coming in. You guys have not seen them. <laughs> oh, sorry, did that sound too evil? I really, I, that was my inside voice that came out. Um, so I've, I've uh, that's not my number up there, but people who have my number are texting me also. Um, I'm just saying. But it is fun, though, because we have a, a bit of a common theme right now of some random questions coming in. So I'm going to ask the one that keeps uh, rising up. How do you find your people? How do you find your people? Now, we are talking in the context right now of us as a leadership team, but clearly it's not limited to a leadership team, right? It is finding your people that will encourage you um, in your walk. So how did you find your people, Rachel? See, I just put her on the spot. Um, do you have something you want to say first? I'll think about it. Yes. <laughs> I want to tell you how you find your people. You don't look for them. They find, you find each other. Honestly, when we started this church, we started in my basement. Actually, we started in my upstairs, and then we had to finish the basement, and then we went downstairs. And I remember looking around and going, oh, my gosh, we have like 45 people who just started coming. How did I find my people? We found Jesus, and we found people who had the same desire and the same hunger for more of him. It was a, it was a desire that we did not want to have church as usual that we wanted to see God show up, that we wanted to experience his presence, that we wanted to see the manifestation of people's lives being transformed and changed. And you want to know what? If you want to be an overcomer, be around people who are overcome. Mm -hmm. If you want to be defeated, be around someone who acts like a victim. Choose the people who are willing to run and risk, and then you found your people. So I remember looking around at the room, and I said, God, this thing is growing, and I need some leaders. And he said, they're right there in your midst. And I was like, I don't know if you realize this or not, but they're a bunch of 20-something-year-olds, and they don't really get it yet. They're pouring pretend water over each other. They're doing things that are so bizarre and weird. Yes, Max kind of led that one up. Remember that? Yeah. And, and it, was, it was like, okay, so God gave me this amazing gift, and I started to see what other people maybe didn't see, but what God saw, and that was the gifts that was in each and every one of them. And so I began to craft them out. And so how you find your people is to find people who are hungry, who are willing to risk, who are willing to encourage you, and will not feel sorry for you when you're going through a hard time. You don't need someone to feel sorry for you when you're going through a hard time. You need someone to say, get up. You can do this. It's not going to be easy. Do you guys understand that? It's not going to be easy. I don't know. When we met Jesus, we thought it was going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And there are going to be days that you just want to stay in bed and say, I'm just done. But that's the day you whip the, the, the covers over, you get up, you stand on your feet, and you find some people who aren't going to feel sorry for you, and they're going to text you the truth. They're going to speak the truth. 
It's not easy, but it's amazing. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Does that make sense? I'm going to add on to that real quick, too, is, is also uh, don't just wait for those people to come to you. When you see somebody that you feel like the Lord's connected with, invest. Mm -hmm. Sacrifice your time. Sacrifice, put effort forward. Don't be one of those people like, oh, nobody texts me. See how I'm doing. How about you text them? Like, reach out. Try to get involved in other people's lives. There, we all have those moments where we have to make a decision, like she's saying, to where we, we don't succumb to being a victim. Ruth made the decision, I'm sticking with you, Naomi. She didn't wait for Naomi to come and say, come follow me, Ruth. She said, I am sticking with you. And as a result, she met her future husband and became uh, part of the lineage of Jesus himself. Because she decided to say, I don't care how I feel. I don't care the situations and circumstances. This is who is in my life. I'm not going to try to look for somebody else. This is who's in my life. And I am deciding today that I'm going to press into that relationship. And so if, if you're waiting and waiting and waiting for your people, it may or may not ever happen. But when you look for those that are around you that God has already placed in your life, and like, just like my mom just said, she's like, you know what, this is who there is. I'm just going to pour into them. This is what I got. <laughs> Bunch of 20-year-olds that have no clue what's going on. And this is what I got, though. And so she, she, she made that commitment. We made that commitment back and forth. And, uh, and then we run this race mm -hmm. together. Yeah, that's so good. That's what I was thinking, too, is I think it's being intentional and being willing to get out of your comfort zone, too. Um, when I, this is kind of a sidetrack, but when I was first introduced to prophetic worship, um, I didn't know the Holy Spirit yet. I was in college. I went home for the summer, and I did not want to be home, but circumstances brought me home, and there was nothing I could do about it. And I just asked God, I'm like, okay, I need people to worship with. Send me people to worship with. And it was like that week, I was also active, looking for coffee shops to sing at. And um, so I went to this one, and on the door, there was a sign that said, prophetic worship at 6. And they had scheduled me to do um, an audition at 6. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, why do they invite me when there's this prophetic worship? And what is prophetic worship anyways? And so I went in, and they had me sing and play, and they were like, can you stay and worship with us for this prophetic time? And I was like, oh, Lord. And I remember I was terrified, and I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like, why am I here? But then I just remembered I asked God for that. I was like, I asked you for people to worship with, so I better stay at least and just try it out. And um, from that point, then that was in Wisconsin, but that's when I met the Holy Spirit. And it was like just this journey that God took me on. And so sometimes it's like taking risks, stepping out of your comfort zone. And then when I did meet Pastor Kathy, um, it was actually at a conference and I had a dream. I think somebody had invited me to a conference. I had a dream that I didn't go and I knew it was like bad. Like in my dream, I don't know what happened, but it was like, shoot, I missed it. I knew that was God. Um, so somebody actually did invite me to a conference and, and it was Pastor Kathy speaking before I knew her at all. And it was actually just an acquaintance from college that I went with. So it was like, I didn't know anybody. And then um, I ended up that day, I saw everybody, it was, like the prophetic was all new to me. So I'm like, I saw somebody go up front and like they had a scripture or something. So I'm like, oh, I have something. So I go and <laughs> tap her on the shoulder. Or, and the other speaker that was with you was like, kind of like, okay, yeah, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. And she's like totally in the zone, but I'm like tapping her. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I know I need to, or, you know, whatever. And then, um, so anyway, I don't remember what ended up happening then, but it was like a couple months later, I, like the conference was great, but a couple months later, um, my, the acquaintance that I was with knew Pastor Kathy really well, so she invited me over to her house. She was looking for someone to lead worship for her um, at her home gatherings, and so I went over there and led sang for her, and then we just connected from there, and it was like a year later or something. She starts telling the story and was like, okay, this is the importance of having somebody right behind you, like in service to make sure nobody random comes up and taps you on the shoulder. Because this girl, one day I was in this vision and there was this, and it was the glory and angels were in the vision. And I've never had this happen to me before. And I've never had it happen since. But right when I'm seeing this and the heavens are opening up, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> 
<laughs> she kept going, tap, tap, tap. And it was this girl just standing there like, I have a scripture. <laughs> and so I'm in this, it was like just a few people there and I just started bawling and I'm like, that was me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's actually how we connected. And <laughs> that's how I found my people. <laughs> Um, I love that story. I don't know if I've ever heard that start to finish. Um, I think sometimes people think, how do I find my people? Like our culture thinks about how do I find a spouse? Like there's one girl out there for me. And it was what you were um, just touching on. It's a choice. Like I, I don't actually believe there's one woman out there for you single guys. There's three and a half billion or so, you know. And it's a choice. Like, you, you get to choose. Um, I don't think it's like soulmates. It, it's covenant. It's a choice. That's what makes it so powerful, yeah. is it's something that I am choosing to lend my life to, to give my life for, to lay my life down. And uh, there is no perfect soulmate. It's not like movies. It's, you know, sometimes we think, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this church, and Everybody's going to be floating on clouds, and that's how I'll know that those are the leaders that I can trust. Those are the people I'm supposed to run with because they're perfect, and it just is never going to happen. Like, <laughs> so how we found our people was we asked God for it. It's the same story. We asked, like, God, we want people. We need a mom and dad. We want people to run with, and, and, uh, and God brought people. And then you make the choice that over the years, now we're at a decade you make a choice of I'm in this. I'm not going anywhere. And the cool part is the, the fruit and the reward of that lifestyle increases over time. The benefit of the relationships are actually more now than they've ever been. And uh, so. Yeah, so if I could just summarize that very briefly. Um, it sounds like you need to be intentional. You need to choose over and over and over again. And even though it might feel like it, I don't think anybody's ever died of embarrassment. It's true. Um, it, and it's part, of, it, it's part of being in relationship, is being willing to be authentic, because to do the other is just exhausting. Just, that was a freebie. You can take that one. Um, so skipping ahead just a little bit um, to one of our questions, and it's also come in through text as well. Um, we need a little bit of a biblical explanation, definition of honor and what it looks like and what it looks like in different spheres of life. Um, for instance, from the parent-child relationship as well. And, and I think even from, I don't know that it said it here, but um, that adult parent-child relationship, I think it's a little bit easier when you're younger and you're in the household. It becomes a struggle when you're becoming your own person. So what does it look like to have that kind of um, submission and honor to your adult parents while you yourself are an adult? So that's kind of a lot there, but... Maybe someone can tackle the biblical definition. Yeah, you started with a biblical definition of honor. Yes. So it, 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 the word honor actually means value. It's translated as a price set on someone. It's, it's monetized in the New Testament a lot. Um, but it also means to not treat, it's, it's defined by the opposite, not treating something as common, actually placing a value on something or someone that this is, this is uncommon. This is something special. You might call it sacred, holy, um, are all words that could be kind of switched around. And so honoring, you know, it's in a lot of the New Testament letters are written around honoring um, elders, honoring church authority, honoring your spouse. Um, and it kind of highlights these key, what I would call key relationships that if you can learn how to honor these people, you'll be someone that can do it with everybody. Because honestly, it's 
it's easy to honor, um, I would say it's easier to honor leaders, and I don't just mean church leaders, I mean people that look like they're ahead of you in life. Like if it's a business, you know, if it's your boss, it's someone who they have something they can offer you. And learning to carry a, a genuine heart of honor towards them, I think it actually trains us to honor the people that could never give you something, which is equally as important to God, where you have a heart of honor towards those that can't benefit you, they're not going to bless you, they're not going to add to your life. Um, they may only take from you, but but I, I have I have cultivated heaven's heart towards people, and uh, so I can do it, you know, f- with people I'm receiving from and people I'm not. Um, and I was just talking last night with my mom and my wife and friends about a girl that I dated before I married Thea, and so practically like a grown adult. I was 21, and my mom was older than me, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling a story kind of from a version that she's never heard before. And I, I love the story. It's really weird. Can, it, we broke up at her parents' house. I didn't have a driver's license. Oh, God. <laughs> it was the most awkward interaction, I've, one of the most awkward interactions I've ever had. So I'll tell you the story later if you want to hear it. It's really funny. <laughs> But my mom, at the dinner table last night, she goes, yeah, I always felt like something wasn't right there. And I said, I I didn't say it. I was like, why didn't you say anything? Like, you could have saved me a lot of headache, you know? And so I think part of the grown adult or even as children is recognizing that the, the people, if it's your parents, it's the people that God has put in your life. You don't get to pick them. You don't pick your mom and dad. You don't, you don't pick your spiritual parents, um, that they always have something to offer. They always have a wisdom. They always have access. I think it's on purpose. They have access to, the, to God's thoughts that, in my opinion, I actually think God hides it from you. Like he will on purpose not talk to you about certain things and give it to other people in your life because he wants to create an interdependence. Um, and so recognizing that those are, there are key relationships. There's leaders in my life that, you know, if I, if I bump into something and I can't get the answer, then I bow. I just, I don't care what it is. What do I do? What, what house? What do I do with, in my marriage? What do I do here? It's, I, it's an open door. Um, and I, what I have experienced, I shared it um, last week, was that I think sometimes we think it's easier for the little kids to honor mom and dad, but I, I've actually grown in honor. I feel like the more mature I am, the more honor that I have for leadership and for people, for my wife, for my, for my children, for everybody. And so it's not like it's easier and it, you know, it gets harder. I actually think as you grow up in the kingdom, honor gets easier and easier um, because you, I think I see the value of it. So. And when you're talking about family, like this is family, whether it be the body of Christ or whether it be um, your immediate family, um, honor rides on covenant. So when covenant is the foundation, you can honor. And because when you have covenant, you don't really, you don't break it because you don't agree. And so I look at... um, there's so many examples in the Bible, but one is like um, Abigail with Nabal. I mean, he was a jerk. He was an evil man, and that was her husband. He did not treat her right. He did not deserve her, but she stayed, and God's favor was upon that woman as a result. And she was actually sent to intervene on many times on his behalf. And so why? She honored him. David honored Saul. Why? Because he was the king. And so there's something that looks, honor doesn't look like agreement. Honor doesn't, and what Max just said is so true. Like the older, like when I say older, not in years, but like the more mature you get in the Lord, the more that you understand honor because you die more to yourself. The more mature you are, it's because you've died more to yourself, right? Because our life is not our own. And so the more that we die, the more that we can honor and the more that we can get established in covenant. So I say that really, in order to honor, it has to ride upon the foundation of covenant. 
How do you maintain honor um, when you're not agreeing? So I think part of that, even the initial question, was um, still maintaining a healthiness and a healthy boundary and maintaining and, and honor yep. that honor, yep. and, but just genuinely being in disagreement, yep. whether it's a spousal relationship, uh, friend relationship, mother-child, father-child. Well, I just shared. I just did that. So I had a conversation with someone. They thought something different than I thought. They're, they're over me as far as a leadership position is concerned, and so I have to trust God. I'm not trusting her, not that I don't, but I'm trusting God. I'm trusting that I'm going to honor a decision that is being made, and I'm going to trust God. So that is the, I think it's the only way you can really do it. When you're in disagreement with somebody, just trust God. Just trust God. And, and, and submit to it, whether it's a, a husband and wife situation, whether it's your boss. Because we're talking about when you're, when you're disagreeing with somebody, sometimes I also say that you have to agree to disagree. And I can say on this team, obviously, this is my son and my daughter-in-law, and, but I also have sis, but Diane. It sounds weird. I always call her sis, but Diane. And then Max. And Max and I have been through it many times. I've spent hours <laughs> on the phone in disagreement. It doesn't mean you, can, you have to agree all the time. Mm-hmm. Covenant and honor doesn't look like we just say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Right. That's kind of weird. I don't even do that with God. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to give you a little bit more time to figure that out. <laughs> Because you are not doing this right. Do you ever think you got to help God? It's like going, okay, I understand what you're trying to do, but let me just help you out here a little bit. It's the same thing. I mean, just be real. Just be real. You're real with God. Be real with each other. And just understand that you're going to disagree. Don't, that, don't have to bring dishonor. Remember, dishonor is treating somebody as though they're common and familiar. Jesus could not do great and mighty miracles because everybody looked at him after the flesh, and they knew him as a carpenter, and they knew his father, they knew his mother, and they said, certainly, he can't do anything mighty. And so he couldn't. When you have dishonor, you will not see the miraculous power of God. That's good. I think... um what you're saying about the disagreement and stuff. I, I feel like we, <laughs> having a, a difference of opinion, unfortunately, a lot of religion is, uh, the, the purpose of religion is uh, conformity of thinking, is to get everybody to think the exact same way. And in the kingdom, we're all individuals, different parts of the body, and we are going to think differently and approach things in a different way. And it's, I, I believe it's dishonorable to hold back godly confrontation from people out of, out of fear or to, by allowing other people to actually live a, a, below the line, the, below the standard that the Lord has given for them because we, we feel like it's being dishonorable, being um, confrontational. But you can be confrontational in an honoring way. I mean, I've, I value you so much, so I'm going to speak up about something in your life. I value you so much that I see that you're hitting right below the line and, and that God has better for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to invite myself into your life in a way that, that maybe you don't want me to be in, and we can have that discussion as well. Uh, but for now, I'm, I, I honor you so much that I want to I step in here. And I think that, uh, that giving then as a person receiving that, that confrontation, I also honor that you have a different opinion than I have. And we can agree to disagree. I always take this picture like, let's say uh, me and I call her Aunt Di here. Uh, we have a, a, a disagreement. Our relationship does not have to be broken by that disagreement. I can set that to the side and maintain a heart of love, trust, humility, honor towards her. And we can figure this out 
as time goes on, if we need to. And if it continues getting in the way, we're going to keep pressing into that because we do honor each other so much. We do have such a high value for each other. We're going to press into it. And, you know, just like she said, I mean, it's not just saying, okay, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Uh, but it's actually having a, a real true value is, is being open and honest in, in, a, in a godly confrontational sort of way. Once or twice, yeah. We are like... The opposite of personalities in some ways. Like her emails are 14 pages long. Mine, I don't even finish one word, and that's my email. Uh, I'm just like, let's get to the point. Let's get it over with. And she's like, so I was a sunny day outside, and I was deciding whether or not I wanted Mud Penny uh, Ada or Mud Penny Roosevelt Park. And uh, <laughs> yeah, then I took my dogs out, and yeah. But yeah, so I think that's so. No, we will be talking later yes. today. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Fine with that. What I'm really giggling about, I don't know if anybody else is noticing it, but during this whole part of, we don't have to all be in agreement. We're all sitting up here going, that's right. That's right, exactly what she's saying. We do not have to be in agreement. But, I don't know, maybe that was just me. I thought it was funny. Uh, go, Rachel. Um, I think, though, it's key, like... I feel like where you do sometimes have to agree is decision-making, though. Like, Pastor Kathy, since she's the apostle of the church, if she decides, hey, we're going this direction with the church, we're all, or, like, we talk through and we're like, ah, I just don't know. And, like, you know, we can definitely communicate back and forth. I think communication is huge, too, to break through offenses and all of that is such a huge thing. But then at the point that it's like, okay, the leader is the leader and they need to make the final decision, then everybody just needs to be on board. Um, I think at that point, then not bitterly on board, then it's like my heart needs to be 100% in and trust that, like how you were saying earlier, that it's like trusting God that he's placed her as the apostle of this house. So I need to just trust that then we'll go in that direction and um, he will make it happen and, you know. We'll go forward. Yeah, um, carrying a heart of servanthood is what does it for me because I'm here. I'm here to serve. I'm in covenant. I'm here to lay my life down for people, um, and so I I'm not doing that if I'm not offering you what I really think. Mm -hmm. If fake agreement makes me just be quiet and you know dumb, that's why we argue so much. Is because I I really think it's blue. And she's saying, or worse, somebody's saying it's red. I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you, I think it's blue. Here's why. Here's my 50 reasons. Because I'm actually serving you by contributing who I am to the conversation. But like Rachel's saying, when it's red, I'm here to serve the red. It does, it's not about my vision or what I think. I'm not here to get my way or, you know, I'm here to lend my life to people. And, and fortunately, I've got a track record where usually when she says it's red and I think it's blue, it's actually red. And it's, it's a gift to me to actually, when, when you're running in life together, I'm, we're talking about offenses. Like if, if she's going to call something red and I think it's blue, it's going to offend me. But I need that. That's why God put her in my life. You need it. You need people that convince you, that demonstrate to you what is red when you are convinced it's blue. And it's not that it isn't blue in the way that you're thinking about it. It's there's a whole nother mind of Christ. There's a whole nother way to see things that if you don't have the whole picture, you can have a really screwed up life and think you're right the whole time. And so trusting that the yellows and the reds and the oranges, they're actually there to bring a, a maturity and a wholeness into my life. And I really need that. No, that's really good. I took the DISC assessment one time. And I found out that I'm off the charts for the D. Yeah, you all know. And, uh, and then I read through the rest of them and found out other people, like, I think you're an S, right? Or SC or some CS, and then you're an S. And I was like, that is so sad that they have to live like that. And I'm serious. My first thought was like, I cannot imagine having to think about what to do. Yeah, like you have to like process what your next move's gonna be. I just make it and hope it works. And, and I was so confused. And I, I'm serious, I was thought, they all need to like line up here. Like we need to get, move them in the D direction. But then I realized, you know what? I actually need to learn to appreciate the differences that we have because those long emails, she's gotten all the details that I forgot about and all you are offended that I forgot about. Like, 
it's super important to have those different people in, in life and actually take a step back from your own opinion for a second and listen to what other people are saying. You know, there's been so many opinions going on in this last year. It's important to actually take a step back, listen, instead of always have answers. Come up with more questions. I, I guarantee life's going to look a lot better for you if you ask more questions instead of giving a ton of answers. Something that I've learned from personal experience. Yes, and if you're a D like I am too, you need people like her and like, and like Rachel because, oh gosh, thank God, because there have been times I'm like ready to run and sis will be like, have you thought about blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, mm -mm. nope, not at all. Guess we're going to wait. <laughs> so you have to have them. And you have to be, even if you're a leader in your home or if you're a leader in the workplace, wherever you're a leader, you don't know everything. So the best thing you can do is surround, pe surround yourself with people who know things that you don't. And that makes you the best leader. It's called humility. All right. One more, and then we're going to close. See, I knew. Oh, one more question? Yeah, or we yeah. can just close. What time is it? Oop. Time to close. Is it, is it time? It's time. Really time. Do you guys like this? So I want to encourage everybody. Ever since COVID um, hit, um, I know a lot of people are watching online now, but... A lot of people are finding it easier just to stay home and watch online. It's not the same as being in person. And I'll, I'm going to be real transparent and vulnerable. It hurts. God said not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And there are some nations, Canada included, they, they still can't meet. Their churches are not allowed to be opened. And if they open, they get fined and they get dragged out. That's Canada. We're able to meet. Don't allow fear to keep you home. And if you're sick, wear a mask if you feel like you want to. I don't care. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I always say, this is the place to come if you're sick. It says to call for the elders of the church that they may pray over you, anoint you. So as a team, I know I'm not the only one. It breaks our heart. You guys know people who used to come who aren't coming, call them. That's not my responsibility. That's not Max's responsibility as the community life pastor. It's your responsibility. If you're really, really family, reach out to them. Because there's nothing more powerful than when you can actually come together. It's how you can see, be vulnerable. And guys... I, I, I keep saying this because I feel it in my heart. This place should be packed out. The word is always rich. His presence is always thick. The worship is always amazing. And there's a lot of prayer and time that goes into each one of these services. Things that happen all week long behind the scenes that none of you know about. They're like, oh, all you have to do is Sunday. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's individuals that we meet with. I'm raising up leaders constantly outside of this church, not just inside of this church. There's a whole world out there. And they need Jesus Christ. And if you think for a moment that there's another way, if you're listening online, there's no other way. Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only truth, and he's the only life. And the bottom line is, all the other gods are false. And this deception that when you die, everybody's going to go someplace good, that's not true. I'm sorry. It's just not true. There's a heaven and there's a hell. Hell was not created for you or I. It was actually created for Satan and all of his demons. 
So Jesus came. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. He took all of our sins so that we wouldn't have to bear them. But if you, I've heard it said, I've talked to my husband about this. We've talked about it before. I don't care if Jesus is mentioned in the Quran. That does not make you saved. What makes you saved is when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, not because you believe he's real or was real. That's the truth of the gospel. Buddha's not going to save you. I'm sorry. But this is for somebody. I don't know who it's for. I wasn't going here. But Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And everything else is deception. And one day we will all stand before God. And we will, by ourselves, be accountable for what we said and what we've done. And that's a reality. So don't put so much focus on this life, because this isn't it. But really pour yourself out for people. I'm going to be having Rachel from um, C come and speak. She's the one that does the um, sex uh, trafficking to, like, to get rid of it. And you're going to find out what it looks like. What? Well, she doesn't do sex trafficking. She's getting rid of sex trafficking. Solutions to end exploitation. C-S-E-E. -E. Oh, my gosh, you guys got it. But to see what it looks like to actually get in there, put your sleeves up, and be willing to get dirty. We're here to serve each other. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. Can I have the prayer ministry team come up, please? If you guys need ministry for anything, you need healing in your body, you just need prayer, you're feeling discouraged, whatever it is, um, don't leave here without getting prayer. That's why they're here for you. This is your first time here. If you've been here and you haven't been connected, the bridge is right outside the doors here to your, to your right. Um, we have a gift for you. We'd like to put a name with your face, get to know you, but get connected. I believe that the best is yet to come. Are you guys ready for that? This is not it. We've got so much more that God's going to do. So I just declare over you that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath. I declare over you prosperity, not just for yourself, but that you be able to be a blessing to the people that are around you. I declare that you are the anointed of God and that everywhere you go, you will prosper. God's favor goes before you, it stays behind you, and it surrounds you because it says the favor of God surrounds the righteous like a shield. And you are that righteous one. So we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you here Tuesday night, 6.30 for prayer. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.